This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Friday afternoon, May 14th, 2021. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us in the WBBM Noon Business Hour, presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. I'm Rob Hart, sitting in for Cisco Cotto today. You've made it to the end of another week. Finals day for this year's edition of Education Week on the Noon Business Hour. We'll cover how to stand out in the application process in our next segment. But right now, that report on retail sales for April tops today's data. We're joined by Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services in Pittsburgh. Gus, thanks for joining us today. It seems like the theme of all of the reports that have come out in the last week regarding economic activity in the month of April is, uh, to put it in Facebook terms, it's complicated. It's a snapshot of an economy recovering from a historic uh, downturn. Um, yeah, and, and obviously we had a huge increase in retail sales in March. Uh, we had no gain in, in April, but uh, at a very high level. So consumers are still buying. They're still benefiting from the stimulus checks. But we're going to see things move in, in stops and starts until the ne- over the next few months. Is this an indication that the uh, stimulus checks that went out uh, a couple of months ago, they've already been spent? Or there's more uh, economic power uh, on the sidelines uh, that will be brought to bear by the American people later this year? Uh, there's a lot more uh, stimulus coming. So, um, you know, there's, I mean, we got, you know, billions of dollars worth of checks. There's only so much money that consumers can spend uh, at one time. I think what we're going to see is consumers have been buying a lot of goods, cars, clothing, that type of thing. Um, as the economy reopens, they're going to start spending more on services, going out to eat, traveling, uh, going to concerts or sporting events. So we're going to see consumer spending grow shift from goods to services, but that's going to take place over a couple of years. Yeah, this is one of those, uh, after a year of being inside and not really having the chance to go to very many places or go out to restaurants, it seems that a lot of people uh, worked out all of their uh, sprucing up their home or buying more gifts or just doing more online shopping. And as you said, there's only so much stuff you can buy. That's correct. And, and and so, you know, there's there's something that we call a spent up demand, which means people have purchased the things that they've needed to purchase. Uh, they don't have as much need for it now. Uh, so they still have a lot of money sitting in the bank from previous rounds of stimulus, and they're going to gradually release it on services, vacations, dining out, that type of thing over the next year or so. And while April was unchanged, March, which was already good, was revised upward. So there was an indication of a great deal of economic activity activity in the month of March. And is it possible April could also get an upward revision when we go to next month? I think we're likely to see an upward revision to April, and we're likely to see growth in May as well as when, when that's reported. Um, so I, I think the outlook for consumer spending growth is, is very, very positive right now. 
And then uh, based on uh, what the, the, the markets are doing, they seem to be uh, shrugging this off and just chugging, chugging ahead. Uh, that that's right. I mean, I think they're looking at the broader picture. Uh, they recognize that consumers have, you know, really a couple of billion dollars in excess savings that they're going to be looking to spend over the next uh, uh, six months, 12 months, 18 months, uh, that we saw an increase in what we call industrial production in April, uh, output of manufacturers, mines and utilities. So I think the, the outlook for the U.S. economy remains very positive. Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next in Education Week, making that college application sing. Money Talks, as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Education Week on the Noon Business Hour, sponsored by St. Xavier University. And in this segment, we're helping lock down the application process to get optimum results. And joining us now on the McGrath-Lexus business line is Deb Donnelly. She teaches the college process to school counselors to the Academy for College Admission Counseling and works with students of the Deb Donnelly College Counseling at debdonnellycollegecounseling.com. Deb Donnelly, thank you for joining us this afternoon on the WBBM Noon Business Hour. And even the, the very process of talking about the uh, college application essay takes you back to 24 years ago when you were sweating through those college applications, the common application to see uh, if you have the right combination of uh, activities, grades, uh, standardized test scores, and that, uh, that, that jaw-dropping essay uh, to get you into the college of your choice. Has that process changed much over the years? Are certain things emphasized more than others, uh, kind of reflecting the uh, debates we've had over the last year on inclusion and acceptance? Yes, things have changed a bit, but that level of anxiety that you're describing remains the same. Um, what's changed is that ACT and SAT scores have been uh, become more optional, or in some cases, colleges are test-blind, so they won't even look at test scores. But pretty much everything else remains the same. And there, parents who are listening, you know, may have uh, students who are in different phases of the high school or college application process. Maybe you have uh, they have a junior at home who's just starting out and filling out those applications and trying to figure out what to emphasize. Before we tackle that, let's go to the parent of a 14 year old. They're about to go into high school. Uh, they may have some electives to choose. Uh, what can you do as the parent of a freshman uh, to make sure that application really Really stands out two years from now? Boy, that's the best time to talk about this. Um, students going into high school should think about their level of intellectual engagement and they should choose an appropriate level of more of the traditional five college courses. That would be English, math, social studies, foreign language, and lab science. Um, and the level should be appropriate to the student's um, ability and level of commitment. And then one uh, one piece of advice, which is with all of these larger philosophical discussions about how to make that uh, college application sing, uh, people tend to gloss over some of the basic stuff, which is to read the instructions and actually do your homework. <laughs> I've had students misspell their own names. I've had boys apply to photos. All of these things can be fixed, but I think it's most important, you're right, to read the instructions, um, follow you know, your heart. Um, but to make your application truly sing, it has to be authentic. So part of this is allowing your student to become the person they're supposed to be. If you as a parent were a high school athlete, 
but your daughter wants to be a dancer, if you try to push her into athletics that are not dancing, it, she'll resist and, and she won't really develop into her authentic self. And that will be reflected, that level of enthusiasm, that lack of enthusiasm could be seen on the applications. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Deb Donnelly, who uh, teaches uh, the college admissions uh, process. You can find her at debdonnellycollegecounseling.com. Coming up next, a Chicago Cubs legend getting into the cannabis business. Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Cubs Hall of Famer Ryan Sandberg getting into the marijuana business. We spoke to him earlier this morning about his teaming up with Verilife Dispensaries. Tell me a little bit about your uh, your cannabis journey. It sounds like uh, you were a rather late adopter. It just came about probably about six months ago. Uh, met some nice people from Verilife, a uh, Chicago-based company. Uh, was invited to a... Uh, a tour if I had any interest or curiosity about the industry. Uh, took a, a very nice educational journey uh, that afternoon going through the uh, cultivation center, seeing the process. Uh, do I have any interest in trying? Well, you know, through my consultation, I'm 61 years old, I'm very active, and, and, with, and being active and uh, uh, being with the Cubs ambassador, being with Marquee Sports, being a grandfather of nine kids, uh, as active as I am. Uh, would you like to try some products? Uh, yes. And so on the basis of uh, daytime, having having good focus and energy, uh, there's been some benefits, uh, winding down in the evening to get a good night's sleep and then, and then have an active recovery. All those things have been benefits uh, th- through trying the products now uh, for about four months. And it's with with this becomes and I really saw this as an education for me about the whole thing education and and also responsibility and I I saw when I was uh, asked if I wanted to uh, join on with with Verilife as a spokesperson I I saw kind of a responsibility myself of what I just learned to get that out there and have people know that there is an education side of this you need to know and a responsibility along with it. And what was your thought process uh, when it came to uh, 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 entering into a partnership with this company, uh, becoming a spokesperson? Uh, Cannabis and recreational marijuana are legal in Illinois. It's a legitimate business. But at the same time, you know, did you do a lot of... uh, consultation or, or thinking about how this would impact your image as both a, a Hall of Famer, a Cubs legend, team ambassador? Uh, I did. I I, uh, I, I I talked to my inner circle of friends and people. I, I, uh, I uh, talked to the Cubs and, um, uh, you know, everybody was on board with, with this. It is legal in Illinois. Um, and, you know, for me, People out there that have any curiosity at all maybe have no idea how to go about it the responsible and the right way. And that's where I come into play with what I had learned. I think it's important to get that message out, you know, just to legalize cannabis and just throw up dispensaries. Um, if anyone's curious about it, they, they may go about it the wrong way or not even know the right way to go about it if they're curious. So that's where I think the education and the responsibility work hand in hand and um, 
you know, I'm willing to tell my story and uh, and help people along the way. That's Baseball Hall of Famer Ryan Sandberg, still ahead in Entrepreneur Friday, using technology to help improve residential dementia care. This is Chicago's all news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. A bipartisan commission will look into the January assault on the U.S. Capitol by supporters of then-President Trump. New government guidelines take the mask out of play for people fully vaccinated against COVID. Entrepreneur Friday, we meet the head of a Chicago company that's improving care and quality of life for people living with dementia. A massive project proposed for Chicago's West Loop would be designed with life science companies in mind. WVM Business, the Dow is up 354 points. The Nasdaq is up 279. The S&P 500 is up 60. AccuWeather says sunshine mixing with clouds and warm today. A high of 74. Cooler at the lakefront. We have 68 degrees right now in Chicago at 1231. And topping our news at the half hour, members of the House Homeland Security Committee have reached a deal to form a bipartisan panel to investigate the January 6th assault on the U.S. Capitol by those loyal to President Trump. Under the terms of the agreement, the commission would have an equal number of Democrats and Republicans, five from each party, would also have subpoena power and be charged with issuing a final report by December 31st. It will also provide recommendations to prevent future attacks. There's a lot of buzz about the change to mask-wearing recommendations for fully vaccinated Americans. However, there could also be a downside to the new guidance. People who are unvaccinated should not be taking off their masks. Just a day after the CDC announcement, questions already about how you prove whether someone is vaccinated. What we're really doing is empowering individuals to make decisions about their own health. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky on CBS This Morning says those unvaccinated Americans who unmask are at greater risk. If you have several people in the room and some are vaccinated and some are not, and they've all chosen to take off their masks, it's the vaccinated people who will be protected. Cami McCormick, CBS News. It's 1232. The noon business hour continues, presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. Markets are looking to close the week on an upbeat note. We're joined by Paul Nolte, portfolio manager, Kingsview Asset Management, based in Chicago. Paul, thanks for joining us today. And when it comes to uh, reaching that goal, of ending the week on an upbeat note. Uh, the markets are certainly uh, doing their part. The Dow is up 350 points. The NASDAQ up 276. What's driving this uh, second day of major gains? Well, I think what we're seeing is exactly what we just heard in the last clip is the fact that we're going to be getting a lot closer to normal, maybe a lot quicker than we thought. Uh, we're looking at the amount of cases coming down. We're looking at uh, those that are vaccinated, no masks. And we're seeing even here in Chicago talking about having 60 percent now uh, people allow uh, capacity at the, at the ballparks. So we're going to see more activity as the economies open up uh, around the country, and that means a lot more economic activity. And so those are all the good things that the markets are looking at right now. Even though we had a correction earlier in the week on those higher inflation numbers, those numbers are going to be with us, I think, for the next couple months. And it's something that we're all going to have to kind of deal with as 
we get those supply chains back to what passes for normal. But that's going to be a, a process over the next three to six months. And it seems like investors are just shrugging off that uh, retail sales report because they know that the American consumer still has a lot of money and uh, they're going to spend that money on other things as the summer rolls on. It's true. And when you look at last month's number, it was revised higher. It was 10% uh, month over month last month. So the numbers that we're seeing are just so large, both on the positive and negative side, When especially when we compare it to a year ago levels, that's really kind of hard to grasp what that means. And so that's why we're looking at the fall or winter before the numbers and a lot of the economic data points settle down a little bit to what passes for normal. It's really hard to gauge it on a month-to-month basis because of the, the very noisy nature of those numbers. The uh, mass guidance was uh, music to the ears, so to speak, of companies that are consumer-facing. Airlines, United and American, climbing both 4%. The cruise lines, the ships are still docked, but the uh, shares are on the move. Carnival up 6%, Norwegian and Royal Caribbean up 5%. One thing that's interesting, though, and that is Disney, uh, which is uh, lagging a little bit uh, based on a miss on uh, revenue and uh, Disney Plus streaming subscribers. However, uh, this mass guidance should bode well for its theme park business. Yeah, Disney is one of those uh, kind of betwixt and between companies. Uh, they obviously did get hurt by the pandemic. The, the parks were all shut down, but they have the streaming service that was doing incredibly well while we were working our way through the pandemic. Now we're on the other side of that. And those that are looking for the streaming service, maybe not so much willing to go back to the theaters, but now the the parks open up and they have a, a big cruise line as well. So expectations certainly very high. You can put some of the Disney Plus uh, in with Netflix and, and some of the other online services, and, and they all have seen their subscriptions slow down as people start to get out and do other things than being in the house. Right. You're no longer uh, stuck inside for safety's sake uh, watching Tiger King or The Mandalorian. There's this thing called outside, and you get to experience it again. Yeah, it is. And, you know, again, Disney will benefit from that. But it, the, the huge revenue gain that they saw from Disney Plus was uh, a big benefit, a big tailwind to, to the company. But that's why you're seeing the pop in a lot of those types of stocks that you highlighted earlier, like the airlines and cruise, uh, cruise lines. Thanks for joining us. Paul Nolte, Portfolio Manager, Kingsview Asset Management, based in Chicago. Coming up next in Entrepreneur Friday, helping patients with dementia through a high-tech wearable device. Making sense of your dollars. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Entrepreneur Friday, and this afternoon we're learning about a wearable device that's designed to help in the care of people living with dementia. And joining us now in the McGrath Lexus business line is Adam Sobel, founder and CEO of CareBand in Chicago. Adam, thanks for joining us this afternoon on the Noon Business Hour. Tell us all about CareBand. How does it work? Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, CareBand is a wearable technology for people living with dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh, the, the goal is really to keep people safe and in their homes for as long as possible. Uh, the device provides indoor and outdoor location tracking as well as behavior and activity dete- detection to understand early changes in condition, to know when somebody might be getting a UTI or pneumonia or depression. And uh, when did you get the idea to develop this technology? So I, my background's in software engineering and cybersecurity, but I come from a family of doctors. 
Um, and my dad and I, he's a, my dad's a geriatrician, manages about 10,000 patients in Ohio. And after a conversation with him back in 2016, we realized that there was a huge need to provide technology for seniors and older adults. So started working on the technology then, and he and I have kind of worked together to build this technology out that's quite valuable for people. And how uh, can this wearable technology detect uh, some of the conditions that you were talking about? I mean, the, uh, the 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 location aspect of it, I think we're all familiar with that via GPS, but you mentioned some other medical conditions, and how does the wearable track uh, uh, those particular conditions, and how can they show up in, in the data metrics that the, uh, the wearable then transmits to? Uh, caregiver. Sure, sure. So uh, we, we see a lot of value in using location uh, data. So understanding if someone's in their bathroom, their bedroom, their kitchen, and understanding when there's a change in that behavior pattern. Typically people, you know, wake up in the morning and maybe they go to the bathroom first and then they go downstairs and get some breakfast. And we can see over time when there might be a change in that, that behavior. So that maybe they go to uh, get breakfast instead of go to the bathroom first. And that could be indicative of a, uh, an early change in their health. Um, the other area that we look uh, big into is understanding um, different gestures and context in those areas. So understanding if they're washing their hands and they're brushing their teeth. And again, kind of understanding the, the pattern of those behaviors. Um, and then we're also working with the NIH on a few different studies to see if we can detect agitation or understand things like life space and cognitive decline uh, with this population. And you've also uh, reached an agreement with Amazon. Talk about that. Yeah, we're very excited about this uh, opportunity with Amazon. For a long time, we've been trying to figure out how do we get to the home market, uh, and now we have a pathway to get there. We were doing a, a pilot with the Amazon Sidewalk program, uh, and this is really going to allow us to reach those consumers and those people who want to live at home. Um, we're excited about the, the program that we're working on right now and look to be getting the product out sometime uh, later this year. Now, the uh, the wearable information will be sent to a caregiver. Now, is this going to go to a relative or is this going to be the domain of a uh, licensed home health care worker? So the, the solution can work for a variety of different applications. You know, initially in the past few years, we've been focused on senior living and assisted living and nursing homes. But now with the sidewalk uh, opportunity, we're really focusing more on that at-home market. Uh, in that space, it could be the, the primary caregiver, could be uh, an adult child, uh, could be a, a caregiver that's hired, or, or a home health care agency. So it really just depends. Um, and the data can get there via phone uh, or a web, web-based interface as well. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Adam Sobel, founder and CEO of CareBand in Chicago. Still to come, a project that could be the next big thing in the bustling Fulton Market neighborhood. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. A proposed half a million square foot project in Chicago's West Loop could provide a huge boost to the city's biotech and pharmaceutical industries. We're joined now by Danny Ecker, reporter, Crane Chicago Business. Danny, thanks for joining us this afternoon. And it appears the economic upheaval of the COVID-19 pandemic did very little to uh, dim the uh, star of the uh, West Loop as far as being uh, office and real estate and and uh, 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 condo destination. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's where we're seeing some of the leasing activity, first of all, pick up uh, here in the early days of the pandemic, kind of, you know, loosening up in terms of restrictions. And then now uh, we, we've got news this week that uh, a veteran Chicago developer named Mark Goodman, who's been around in the, the local real estate scene for, you know, 40 years or so, 
wants to build a really big 19-story uh, life sciences lab building on the western edge of Fulton Market, uh, which is now actually, if that project comes to fruition, kind of forming this little cluster of of properties meant for pharmaceutical and biotech research. Uh, so it's you know it's yet another new use uh, that, that the Fulton market is really coming on strong with. Would uh, a building such as this, in terms of uh, the future the, the future development uh, in the West Loop, turn that, or the Fulton Market District specifically, turn that into kind of a knowledge hub? Well, it's certainly, uh, you know, these, these ecosystems, as they call them, of, of, of life sciences uh, are, you know, need to be all kind of in one centralized area. And that's, I don't, you know, that, that's really its own story when you think about obviously a lot of the eastern portion of of Fulton Market we have Google and McDonald's and Mondelez and some of the others there there's a, you know it's a big corporate destination well the, the the western edge of it you know could start to form this cluster of life sciences buildings that's something that we haven't seen that's that's what exists in Cambridge and the research triangle in North Carolina and in San Francisco and San Diego we don't really have that here it's been a big need and now developers are finally starting to build some of this and so you know th- this I think this example is uh, one that makes you think, well, maybe this will turn out to be a, maybe one of the city's strongest nodes of life sciences buildings. Is this a case of just a new development uh, sprouting up, or is this a case of the uh, development in the West Loop and in the Fulton Market District uh, pulling away from the Central Business District or uh, that previous uh, trendy place, the South Loop? Well, I, I, you know, there's a lot of obviously there's been a lot of momentum in the Fulton Market and the West Loop for several years now, and uh, you know that's again continued through COVID. And there's definitely concern about companies not wanting to have offices in the Central Loop and the Central Business District and older older buildings. Uh, so there's definitely a, an expansion of of what we consider downtown, you know, office spaces, workspaces, and um, you know, I, I think that's another interesting trend to watch. And I think this this development is mostly, you know, something that that, uh, that, that you know, that, that life sciences has a place potentially in, in full market as well. And, you know, these developers behind these projects are finally realizing that uh, they need to actually start building this. And if they do, they may find a lot of demand that's come with it because there's a lot more research being done, a lot more money being poured into life sciences research. Thanks for joining us, Danny Ecker, reporter, Crane Chicago Business. You'll find past programs and later today a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 